Hello, Mama. Happy whatever day it is for you. <laughs> for me, it's a Monday. I hope you're uh, just having a great day and that God is near to you. I know he is. I hope you can feel his presence, though. And I hope you're ready to be encouraged and challenged and do this thing. Today, we're going to continue our series on getting unstuck. And we're kind of going through all the different areas that um, I know that so many of you are stuck in based on what you've shared as you've joined the Facebook group or messages you've sent me, or even just knowing that uh, most of you that listen kind of are me in a way. Like you've, you've, you're facing the same challenges that I have walked through and, and still do to some extent. You know, you have have a lot of the same story as me. And that's how you're drawn to this podcast. That's how God brought you here. And so I'm going through different areas that I've been stuck in, areas I know you are stuck in, and just kind of helping you know what to do next. How, what steps do I take? How do I shift things in my mind and my heart and uh, my feet? What do I do? And so today we're going to continue that series on getting unstuck in our marriages. And this is definitely one that has been true in my life, and I've faced lots of struggles in this area. And so I'm excited to share with you what I've learned um, and what God has shown me and hopefully be able to encourage you. But before we jump in, I just have a few questions for you. As you know, our Morning Mama Academy is launching in just a few weeks. And so I just want to help you know if this is for you. So ask yourself these questions. Uh, Are you tired of feeling like you have nothing left to pour out and yet still feeling like you're somehow not giving enough? Do you wish that you could stop rehearsing the same patterns from your family that you swore to yourself you'd never repeat? Are you sick of spending hours worrying about your kids and being constantly bombarded with all of the what ifs that take over your mind? Do you wish you didn't feel like you had to just survive in this season and that you could actually enjoy it? How about waking up excited for the day, feeling confident as a mother and a wife, and living out those dreams that you abandoned so long ago? If you're ready to move from anxiety, depression, anger, inadequacy, stuckness in any area, and to step into the abundant, wide-open life that God's calling you to, then you know what it is. The Morning Mama Academy is for you. I will be guiding you through navigating this journey of healing, and I love doing this. I've spent so many years as a therapist, as a leader, as a coach, and one of my biggest passions in life is helping people move out of the spaces they're stuck in, hence hence our current series. Uh, and, and part of this is I've also walked out my own journey of healing. If you've been around on the podcast for just a minute, you've probably heard me reference this, but I've been through my own journey of decades of depression and anxiety and anger and um, really a deep belief that I'm not good enough. That's still something that I battle today. But all of these things are why I created the Academy is because I want to help you get out of those stuck spaces. I want to help you step into this life that we we read about in the Bible, that we know that that God has for us, right? It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be easy, but there is more. And so I want to help you get to that more. I want to help you not just feel like this is a season where you got to put your head down and just charge forward and, you know, not really find any joy or fulfillment in it. You're just going through the motions. That's not what God has for you. So 
If any of that resonated with you, I just really encourage you to jump into the Academy right now. There, As I'm recording this, there's only five spots left. I'm guessing that will be even less by the time this airs to you. It always takes a little while for you know everything to get out there. So just make sure you don't delay. If you know God's calling you to this, if you feel your heart beating fast as I ask you those questions, jump in. That's probably God tugging on your heart saying, this is for you. Let's do this. Let's go. I know that God specifically had me launch this session. Uh, second round uh, for this fall of the Academy on purpose. It was something that I might not have chosen in this season because there's a lot happening. Like we're moving. I have a baby coming. You know, there's a lot happening, but I know God specifically said that I was supposed to do it in this season. And so that might mean this is for you. He had you in mind when he told me that. So just make sure you answer his call. You can go find out more information and apply uh, at morningmamaacademy.gr8. That's the number eight.com. That's morningmamaacademy.gr8, the number eight.com. You can also find the link in the show notes, in our Facebook group, on Instagram, all the places. I hope to see you there. I'm so honored to receive all of your applications and get to read through them. And it's just so uh, exciting to anticipate what God is going to do in this season. It's going to be so good. So uh, don't make any excuses. Just jump in. Take a leap of faith. You can do this. All right. Before we, I go on and on about this because I'm super passionate, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. I'm so excited to come to you and talk about marriage today. It's been a little bit of a a minute since we've done an episode on marriage. And while I definitely consider myself no expert in marriage, I, you know, I've only been married for six years, but right, I have a degree and even more than the degree, honestly, I've walked through some hard stuff in my marriage. My husband and I are, God placed us together for sure. I know this, I'm confident in it, but we are so so different. And we are opposite in so many ways. And that has brought so many challenges. And on top of that, even the way we cope with things uh, is very opposite. And so, you know, you've heard me talk a lot about my anger. And so that has been, especially in the past, the way that I cope with things and I can be very reactive. And I have, especially in the past, let my tongue take over, you know, just like the Bible talks about our tongues are like the rudder of a ship and it steers us. It's this small thing that steers the whole ship. And so at times in the past, and even sometimes now, but way less than than before, I would just let my tongue take over and my temper and it just destroyed my marriage. And then on the other side of it, my husband, when he is, you know, feeling some kind of pain of some sort, he withdraws. That's his predominant thing that he does. And so, you know, he kind of just removes himself either physically or just completely shuts down emotionally. And, um, 
it's, it's so painful for me, right? Just like my anger is painful for him. And obviously that's going to, you know, make my anger even worse. And it makes, and then my anger makes his withdrawing even worse. And so it's just this vicious cycle. And if you've heard me talk about restoration theory, you can have like such a clear picture of what's happening here. You can understand what I'm talking about. Um, restoration theory is so incredible for marriages because it gives you this very tangible, practical picture of exactly what's happening. Why? why you keep getting stuck in the same places, why the cycles continue, why it gets worse. Like it just helps make so much sense of what's happening. So, and we do go over that in uh, the Academy. If you want, we have a whole week, which I know is not enough for a whole marriage, but we really dive deep into marriage on that one week and really encourage your husband to get involved and answer some questions to help you guys get on the same page. And you can even have your husband, you know, look through the, uh, the weeks on restoration theory to help him begin understanding his part of what's going on. But even more than that, you're going to have full knowledge of what you're doing and how you're contributing and, and what's going on for you. So it's, it's such a great tool, but anyways, you know, these are our pain cycles and, uh, they were kind of opposite each other and they really, you know, triggered each other, which often happens in a marriage. And then on top of that, just our personality types, if you follow the Enneagram at all, he's a five. And so, you know, he really likes to be introverted. He likes to be um, alone. He likes to reserve his energy resources. But I am super deep. If you if you haven't noticed, I love asking questions. I love deep conversations. I want to be uh, intimate, like in every conversation and every, I want to know every detail of his life and all the time, right? Like, <laughs> my heart is just to go deep and be super connected. And so we are very opposite in this realm. And then on top of that, I went into marriage with way too high of expectations and not even like trying to, to say that he did anything wrong or he, you know, whatever. Like, it's just, I went in with these expectations that I think many of us do, especially uh, in the Christian culture or even just the way that, that marriage in, is and love is portrayed in media. And we go in thinking that our spouse is going to complete us, right? Like that they're going to be this perfect other half to us that's going to just make our life so sweet and so much better and it's going to be the dream and we're going to live happily ever after, right? Um, and like even in Christian culture, this is perpetuated. It's getting better now, but especially in the gen- generation that I grew up and many of you grew up in, it was all about, you know, waiting for your spouse and and dreaming up every quality you want him to have and, you know, believing for all these things. And I do believe God answers those prayers and I do believe that God has these people for us and he, he orchestrates these kind of things. However, I think what happens is we start making our spouse like God. We start thinking of them as this thing that's going to satisfy all of our needs and all of our wants and all of our desires. And they're going to be this perfect complement to us. And that's just not reality. If we look to our spouse for that, then we're going to end up in a really dark place because our spouse is never meant to be God. Only God can do that, right? Only God is perfect. Only God is all of those things, right? Our spouse is another human coming in with their own problems, their own things they struggle with, their own weaknesses, just like I come in with my weaknesses and my struggles and my pain and all of that, right? And so it's never going to look like that. Now, there are marriages, I, I feel like, that have it a little bit easier, that, you know, it flows. Maybe that's you, but you're probably not listening to this episode if that's you. But generally, marriage is just really hard work. Not just, but is a core part of it is 
hard work. And so that's, that's, these are, this is the picture of what happened when I got married. All of these things came together, right? My anger, his withdrawing, his personality, my personality, my expectations, his expectations. And it kind of created this really, really difficult first few years. (laughs) This environment that was really painful and really tumultuous. It was up and down all the time. It was, I was always being reactive, every little thing. And in, in so many ways, I just didn't feel like he cared. I didn't feel like he had the same goals as me. I didn't feel like he was fighting for our marriage in the same way. I didn't feel, you know, like all of these lies, right? And some of it is his pain. Some of it is my pain, right? There's, there's so many things contributing to it all, but we have just not had an easy first few years. Now I feel like we're on the precipice of really a new season of our marriage. And I think we've probably entered that. And I'm, I'm so grateful for the growth that has happened and just how we have both shifted in so many ways to get to this space. Uh, It's taken so much hard work, so much therapy, counseling, coaching, pastors, all of the things to get to this place. And there's so much more to come, believe me. But in these six years, I have learned so much about how to be a spouse, how to not let your marriage look like the way I was describing it. Even if you feel like your spouse isn't on board for what you want, even if you feel like, well, I want this great marriage and, and I want intimacy and I want to be centered on God and I want, you know, all these great things. And so even for you, that feels like your spouse isn't on board for those things. These things I'm going to talk about apply to you. Cause I often felt those things in my marriage. I often, some of it was lies. Some of it is, you know, just different places of growth that we were at. Um, but this, all of this I'm going to share with you is going to encourage you, even if you're feel like you are the only one fighting for this marriage. Okay. So let's do this. So first of all, bonus tip, you got to figure out what's going on, right? So I just described to you a number of things that were happening in my marriage. Now, when I first entered it, I couldn't have named those to you. I didn't fully understand why it was so painful and chaotic. But now I look back and I can understand all of the different facets of, of what happened and how things got that way and, and what it looked like and why, how we needed to grow. And so you need to get that understanding. And we're going to talk about, you know, finding a, a therapist or counselor. Um, I've also, you know, referenced the academy. It's obviously not specifically for marriage but there is a week to strengthen that. And we're going to talk in a minute about how a big component of what's happening is actually you, even if you feel like you're the one fighting and you're the one working hard. We'll get there. But, you know, just being in the academy, you can discover all of the things that you are contributing and really work on yourself so you can be a strong person in this marriage. But whatever it takes, Figure out what is going on. Figure out the different factors that are at play so that you can have some clarity over the next steps. You can have some clarity even over how to pray, how to talk to your spouse, all of these things. A book that I recommend so often is Loving Him Well. And it's so funny, like in the season of marriage that I read it, the the only reason I read it was the subtitle and it's uh, the subtitle, something like how to influence your husband or something like that. Right. Cause that, that's what I thought my problem was is that I needed to fix him. I needed to get him to a place where I could influence him because I knew better. Right. And maybe there's some things that I knew better, but there's also some things he knew better. Right. There's, we both have contributed to this place. And so I really recommend it. It's such a helpful book for every marriage. So if you're struggling in your marriage, go read it. I've had some people from the podcast share with me that they heard me recommend it and they started reading it and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. So make sure if if this is you and you're in this season, go read that. 
Okay, but my first like official tip, <laughs> I have nine of these, so I'm going to try and bust through this quickly. But the first one is to pray. Now, I know this feels very cliche, obvious, whatever, and you're like, hey, this isn't super helpful. No, this actually is the most important thing that you can be doing. I promise you this. First of all, I firmly believe and stand by that there is power in prayer. The Bible talks endlessly about this. We're called to pray. So things will change because you pray. So do not neglect to pray daily, multiple times a day. Get on your knees, like go to God in all earnestness. Do not neglect this area because God wants to transform your marriage and he will through your prayers. And so not only will your husband and your marriage be transformed through those prayers, but when we pray, it helps God get to our hearts. It helps us see our spouses the way that God sees them. And there's something that, that praying just changes inside of us. And so we have to be fervent to pray. I know in seasons where I have been super faithful to pray daily and specifically for my husband and my marriage, those seasons have been the most full of growth and richness and uh, the things that I'm, I'm seeking, right? And so you need to be specific and get some specific verses you can pray over your marriage and your spouse. I know, um, you know, in the hardest times of our marriage, there was a verse that God gave me that I have just clung to when it felt like things were never going to get better. He gave me the verse Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19. And it says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old, right? So I'm, I'm not looking to yesterday. I'm not counting up all the ways my husband uh, sinned against me or wounded me, right? I'm, I'm saying, I'm forgetting the things before I'm forgiving. And now verse 19 says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And so I'm reminded that God is actively working right now. He is doing a new thing, something I can't comprehend, something that I can't just make up myself. It is a brand new thing that's coming. And I love this, this verse, this part of the verse, it says, do not perceive it, right? So sometimes God's working and things are shifting, but we don't see it. We're just so focused on the negative and the things that aren't changing that we completely miss what God might be doing right now. And so this verse is a reminder to look for those things. How is God moving? Where do you see his fingerprints? What are the little ways, the little winds that are happening right now? And then the end of the verse, of course, I'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Like he can do absolutely anything. I don't care how dark and hopeless you think your marriage is. God can do something. Now, if you are in an abusive situation, if you are physically, emotionally being abused, I don't believe this is for you. I believe that you need to get out of that situation. God does not want that for you. And if there is somehow some kind of hope that your spouse is someday going to change, which I do believe God redeems all things. And so that, that is possible, but it's not going to happen while you're in a relationship with them. So you do need to leave. And the Bible does give you justification to do that. And so you need to get out of that. This is not, I'm not speaking to you right now. So I just want to say that for a moment. But for the rest of us that are not in an abusive situation, there is absolutely nothing too hard for God to change in your marriage. You got to stick it out. You got to wait for the, the victory, the miracles that are coming. So in, in the hardest seasons, I have had that verse. I've had it visibly in my house for years. And it has just reminded me to go back to that. When things feel hopeless, when I don't think they can change, I go back to that. So get a verse. You can borrow this one. If it speaks to you, use it. It's 
the best. <laughs> I obviously feel that way. Or find another one. Have God drop another one in your heart that you can specifically pray over your marriage. And then ask him for one to pray over your husband as well. But just make sure you are being faithful to pray. You cannot neglect this. There's also a great book my pastor recommended to me. It's called The Power of a Praying Wife. It's an incredible book. It really just kind of breaks down prayers for uh, every area of your husband's life that you can be praying over and helps, you know, shift your mindset about those areas and then shows you how to pray. It's, it's incredible. So that's another book I really recommend. Okay. The next one to get unstuck from a difficult marriage is to make sure you're putting your marriage above your kids. I say this all the time, so I'm not going to go super in depth into it, but you've got to prioritize your husband above your kids. I know that is super challenging, especially in seasons with littles where they have a lot of physical needs and demands that can be exhausting but you've got to find ways to do this. This can look like backing him up, even when you don't fully agree with what he's doing, but having a side conversation to talk about that later, not in front of the kids. It means taking his side. It means being his, his biggest cheerleader and supporter. It means prioritizing dates away from the home. Even if that means you have to get a babysitter, even if that means that's time away from your kids. It means not giving him your leftovers, like, you know, saving some energy for him. So I'll leave that there. Make sure you put your marriage in priority above your kids. Okay. The next one, I referenced this earlier. This is a huge one, but this is to work on yourself. So for some of you that might feel obvious, you're like, okay, yeah, I know. Like I'm the one that's really destroying my marriage. I'm doing all of these things. But for some, a lot of you probably, this doesn't feel obvious. You feel like your husband's the problem. Like I did so many years ago, right? I always feel like my husband was the problem even though I knew like I was, I was also contributing. Like, obviously I, I was aware of my anger and I was, I had shame about it and I was working on it and fighting through it. But I overall would look at my marriage and blame my husband for it because I felt like I was constantly fighting for it. I, I felt like I was constantly trying to pour into it. And I just saw those, those moments of explosions as like these brief moments, like, oh shoot, I messed up again. Okay. Well, I, I apologized. We worked through that. He forgave me. We've moved on and now I'm fighting for our marriage again. And so I, I saw it just like as these little snippets. And, and to me, they were so small in the, in the bigger picture of things where I felt like I was doing so much more. But what I didn't realize is all of those times it wasn't small. Each of those moments of anger, I was pouring poison into our marriage. The words that would come out of my mouth were pouring po poison into my husband, into my marriage. Like the, Just like the rudder of a ship is steered by that small thing, right? A tongue steers a body and a marriage. And so that was steering our marriage in ways I didn't realize. And so it took me so long to understand the impact that was having. And once I really got control over my anger, I could immediately see so much shifts in how we were just because of what I did to change. Not even looking at anything he had done, but I truly had such a big impact in that because that anger then would cause him to not feel safe around me, right? It would cause him to withdraw more and to want to be more alone and more isolated because it was, it was unsafe and he never knew when it was coming, right? And so I've, I've begun to see how much just working on myself can impact a whole marriage. And maybe you're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Maybe you are the one that withdraws and you think, well, it's just my husband as you're talking. Yeah, I feel the poison he's pouring into our marriage and I feel, you know, so unsafe around him and all these things. And again, we're not talking about abuse here, but it, it, you withdrawing actually has just as much impact on your marriage as him getting angry. 
Again, not talking about abuse, but you are completely removing yourself from him, taking full control, not allowing him to be near you, right? Even if, even if physically you're allowing him to be near you, maybe not emotionally, whatever it looks like for you, but that, that withdrawing actually also pours a poison into the marriage. It, it adds that sense of unsafety because now he doesn't know if he can be close to you or when you're going to be available to him. And those are just, you know, two scenarios, but whoever you are, whatever your marriage looks like, there are things you can be doing to work on your marriage by working on yourself, right? We all have sin. We all have something. If you think you don't have any sin, you don't know what your area of sin is, then it's probably pride. And that's a huge one, right? That's a part of what was happening with me as I had this pride that I was so great, obviously not true. But a marriage is created by two people. And so each person is contributing to it, whether you feel like it's their fault or not, like you, you have a part in it. And so working on yourself, right? Like if he's not open to going to therapy, okay, you go, you go and work on yourself. You figure out how to react better. You figure out what your sin issue is. You figure out what your trigger points are and your, your destructive coping, like pour into yourself so that you can then pour into the marriage and you can be a healthier more present wife. And just don't underestimate the amount of change that can come from you simply working on yourself, even if your husband's not on board for any kind of growth. The next one is, again, something I talk about a lot, but you got to get plugged into a church. So, and I I mentioned this here, even though we talk about it all the time, because a lot of people I know say, well, I I don't want to get plugged into a church because my husband's not open to going and I don't, I don't want to go alone or, or how is that really going to help if I'm the only one going? And I have to tell you, Part of being a healthy you, part of stepping into the wife you were created to be, the daughter of God you were created to be, is being in a church. I've nailed this point down a lot lately, so I'm not going to go super into it. But that that means even if your husband's not on board, you go. You need that community. You need to be a part of, of the body of God that's, that's making a difference on this earth. And that is going to transform you. You know, part of, I think what was happening in my marriage as well is that I was so fixated on myself, like what, what I wanted, what I needed and, and just all of these unmet expectations and desires and part, and and that my, and my marriage was kind of like this number one thing I would look to for fulfillment, for purpose. And if my marriage was bad, I was bad. But as I've stepped into more health, but also into more calling and into the things that God has for me, that has shifted. Like my marriage is very important, right? It's in my totem pole of, of what is important. God is first. My marriage is next. So it's still up there, but I don't look to it to meet all my needs anymore. As I've stepped into purpose and calling and been a part of community, I now have many things fulfilling me and, and many things meeting these needs that I expected him to fulfill that were never meant for him to do, right? It wasn't his job to fulfill all of those needs. And we were talking earlier about this and how God is really meant to do that. But God does that through the church. The church is his hands and feet on this earth. And so you need to be in the church. I know that can be challenging to go alone. I have a friend that has faced this and it has been terrifying for her to go alone, especially because it wasn't an expected situation. It wasn't something that she knew she was walking into in this marriage, but this is where they have come to and this is the place they're in. And so she has struggled to do this and to, to, to step into this. And it has been really scary and really hard and challenging. And so I'm not trying to minimize how hard and difficult that is to go into a church alone, especially with your kids. And you, you know, you get all these questions about, well, where's your husband or are you married or what's 
going on. Even even well-intentioned questions, right? People are just trying to get to know you. And even in that process, you have to immediately go to this really big painful part about, oh yeah, well, my husband, you know, is in this place now and he doesn't want to come, right? So it can be so challenging, but I'm so proud of her. She has pressed through and been so faithful to just do it. She knows that she needs it. And I have seen so much transformation in her just in saying yes to being in church. And it is incredible how, as this community has surrounded her, how much has changed and how God is working in her life. And so I know it's scary and hard, but it is so important. You do not want to neglect this. And not to mention your kids need to see you doing this. Your kids need to see the importance of church and your husband does too. Even if he's not on board, he needs to see how it impacts your life, how it makes you better, how, how it's really God's design. And so, you know, maybe, maybe someday he'll join, maybe not. That's okay. You got to do it. All right, mama. So that is it for today. We're going to have to break this into two episodes. So make sure you catch the next one and I'll finish this long list of ways that you can get unstuck from a struggling marriage. And I hope it blessed you today. Hope the next episode will bless you even more. And let me just pray for you as we go. God, I just thank you for every mom that's been listening. God, I thank you for her, her, for her heart, for her marriage, God, that she is here ready to work for her marriage, ready to, to strive, to, to strengthen things, to, to do the heavy lifting, to have a strong marriage that you desire for her, God. So I just pray as she listens to this, God, you would just give her the courage to take some steps, God, to, to take that next step. You're asking her to do whatever that looks like, Lord, just give her that courage in her heart. God, help her have the boldness. Give her the patience. Show her how to show her what to do. Show her where to, to put her foot, God, so that she can make progress in this area. And we know that you always have hope waiting for us. And so we just thank you for that, God. I pray that hope would be infused into every single ear that's listening today. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Mama.